0: Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by Organic Tan Lethbridge. Do you have a special occasion coming up? why not fix your farmer's tan with their at-home self-tanning products made from a blend of organic and natural ingredients that give you a natural and healthy looking glow. You can save 15% off your order by using promo code RURALWOMAN15. Head to today's show notes for the link to organictanlethbridge.ca to browse and purchase from their wide selection of at-home products. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. On this week's episode, we are wrapping up our June Dairy Month series with Nicole Wren. Nicole owns and operates a dairy farm in northern Michigan with her husband, Brad. Together in 2008, just weeks after they said, I do, the couple purchased six local dairy cows and began milking. For Nicole, this was all brand new as she was newly married, newly unemployed, and had never touched a cow in her life. This last 11 years have seen lots of ups and downs in the dairy industry, which Nicole shares on her social media platform and on today's episode. Being a farmer, a farm wife, and a mother of three wildly adventurous children come with a ton of emotions, but this Michigan farm girl can't think of a better way to live. I am so excited to share Nicole's story with you guys. She is so much fun. If you guys follow Nicole on social media, then you know how much fun she is. But if you don't know her, you're going to love her. (laughs) And I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing from the ladies of the dairy this past month. Thank you again to Sarah Sash, Becca Hilby, and Naomi D. Ryder, and Nicole Wren for sharing your stories with us during June Dairy Month. Not only have you guys shared your own personal stories, but I think you have all provided us with some inspiration and wisdom that I personally cannot thank you enough for. So, if you guys are anything like me, your housekeeping seems to pile up during planting season, or haying season, or calving season, or whatever season that you guys are in or just ending. And it is no different here on the Rural Woman Podcast, so we have a few housekeeping things to go over. So first up, I want to say a big thank you and welcome to Carrie S. and Leah J. for joining the gang over on Patreon. These lovely ladies have joined in supporting sharing the stories of women in agriculture through the Rural Woman Podcast. And if you've been following along my birthday wish extravaganza, that brings our total number of patrons to 25. Again, as much as it would be super fun to be 25 again, that was a great year. (laughs) I'm going to be 30 in just 10 days. So if I'm doing my math right and I want my patrons to match my age, then I need five more patrons. So I feel like if I just keep repeating myself, I won't break down into a midlife crisis over this turning of 30. (laughs) Oh boy, the drama, the drama. You guys can just imagine how lucky my husband is. (laughs) Up next on our housekeeping list, the Rally Campaign. I haven't mentioned it for a while, but it is still going strong, supporting the Do More Egg Foundation and the National Ability Program. These two amazing organizations will be the recipients of the proceeds from Rally up until the end of June 2020. Starting in July, I will announce the next agricultural organization that will be the beneficiary of the Rally campaign. So for more information about Rally, you can head on over to wildrosefarmer.com and check it out, or just stay tuned to the end of this episode, and I will give you all the details then. Okay. One last thing I want to mention and thank you all for is your purchases over in Shop Wild Rose Farmer for the month of June. As I mentioned earlier in Sarah Sash's episode, I will be donating the profits from the month of June and Shop Wild Rose Farmer to the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, so we can continue to support and fight for equality in this big complicated world of ours. So if you've been eyeing up a new hat or a tank top for the summer, definitely consider hitting that checkout button from now until the end of June to support this organization. Okay, deep breath. I think that's it. (laughs) I always think of something though after I stop hitting recording for these introductions, but I think that will do for now. So without further ado, my friends, let's get to Nicole's episode. Good morning, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Royal Woman podcast today. I am so excited to talk to you.
1: Me too. I've been listening for so long, and so I was excited
0: to hear from you. Yes, and I am excited to celebrate June Dairy Month with you. So raise your glass of milk, Nicole, and cheers. (laughs)
1: Absolutely to all those hardworking dairy cows and farmers.
0: Absolutely. So for my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, give us a brief description of who you are and where you're from.
1: I'm Nicole Wren, and I'm a dairy farmer from Michigan. Uh, To go a little deeper, I've been married to my husband, Brad, for 12 years, and we have three children, ages 10, 8, and 5. We live on our dairy farm in Prescott, Michigan. So if you were to hold up your left hand, because that's the shape of Michigan, uh, we live just below the knuckle on your index finger. It's about 40 minutes from Lake Huron.
0: I am literally holding up my hand and knuckle, and I can see exactly where you live. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it makes it so much easier. Absolutely, it does. So tell us how you got your start in agriculture.
1: I didn't have very much to do with agriculture until I met my husband in 2004. So when Brad and I met, he was working on a local dairy farm and he raised some calves and put up square bales of hay on his own time. So my role at that time was mainly emotional support, kindness and understanding of unusual schedule, and then occasionally standing wherever he would ask me to in some kind of effort to help him. (laughs) Well, emotional
0: support and standing support are both very important things when it comes to farming.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Those are good lessons to learn right off the bat.
0: <laughs> so how did you and Brad get into dairy farming yourselves then?
1: Brad really enjoyed working on a dairy farm. And so he'd kind of always known he wanted to own his own dairy. Um Right after high school, he tried a few other businesses, and a local farmer went away on vacation and asked Brad to fill in while he was gone. I think it was for like 10 days. So Brad and I went there, and we did the chores, and I saw how happy he was, and it just made sense to tell him, like, if this is what you want to do with your life, I'm on board. We can do this together. It's it's doable.
0: You are like superwoman and super supportive. So that's awesome. <laughs> and <You're-> super naive. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so what was your initial reaction then once you decided that you're going all in and you wanted
1: to become a dairy farmer? I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. So that kind of helped us in a way that we didn't have these expectations Both of us come from families not involved in farming. You know, Brad's family, he's got somebody in the medical field and an educator. My dad works in road construction. So anything that we've learned has come from outside sources, neighbors in the community. We would drive around and see all these other established farms with their big equipment and manicured lawns. And it was like, oh, yeah, we can do this. like, this is possible.
0: Yeah, I think what you said about not knowing what you were getting into probably had the biggest benefit for you. <laughs> I feel almost the same way when coming into agriculture, I had kind of an idea and I saw like the bigger picture stuff. But when it came down to like the everyday in and out kind of stuff, if I would have known exactly what it was like, I don't know if we would be sitting here
1: talking, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a lot of truth to that. I I definitely agree. Right.
0: So tell us how you and Brad initially built your farm and the growth that has
1: happened over the last 12 years. Well, we were able to qualify for a beginning farmer's loan through the Farm Service Agency. We took out a small loan to revamp an old barn on family property. So in 2008, we purchased 12 cows, built a stanchion barn and a milk house, and we housed our animals in a loose housing barn. It's Definitely wasn't ideal, but it was a good starting place. The cows that we had purchased were good animals from local farmers, but they weren't the best by any means. They were late lactation animals that didn't give much milk or weren't bred. They were three-quarter cows that had trouble with mastitis in the past and didn't milk out of one quarter anymore. These were the cows that kicked milkers off were laid in shitty alleyways instead of free stalls. So for the first few years, we bought cows that farmers didn't want, and we took the time to breed them or train them not to kick. We had a falling out with our family two years after we started the farm and we had to buy our own place. So in two thousand and ten, at that time we had about thirty two head of cattle and a new baby. We bought sixty five acres and a freestall barn. So this move required us to go back to the FSA and get a loan for more cattle the property and the funding needed to build a milking setup. The next few years were honestly a complete blur. My husband worked on the farm full time. I worked as a milk tester where I filled in at my family's convenience store and stopped by the farm whenever possible. But about three years later, we were milking 60 cows. We had a group of heifers coming in that would jump our milking herd up to about 85. We just needed more room. So I came home from a weekend away with my sisters, and Brad had half the barn tin tore off. He was making plans to expand the barn and go up on cows where I, on the other hand, had spent a relaxing weekend eating all the food I could find from a beautiful land of food trucks. I was pregnant with baby number three, and I told him I didn't want to farm. So I had wanted to look into businesses that would be in addition to the farm or a food truck. So we, at that point, had just recently gotten a third loan through the FSA to build a dry cow barn and a pole barn that would double as our house. And I felt like we had been growing our business for years, and I was just so tired. So since we're business partners and we couldn't agree what to do, we didn't do anything for a few months. And then the dairy industry started to go downhill. So we've had five years of low milk prices. We've got three kiddos who've grown attached to the farm life, and we still milk between 65 and 70 cows because that's all the barn can hold. We can't decide what to do if we want to milk 40 cows and try other businesses or if Brad wants to work off the farm full time. We've just kind of been in this limbo for the last few years trying to maintain life, I guess.
0: That is a lot of things in 12 years, Nicole.
1: (laughs) It's exhausting. Like When I sit there and reflect on it, it's like, how did I have the energy to go through those first six years? Like now it's hard to think of getting that energy again to start building. Absolutely. Well, and I think it just proves the fact
0: that you are probably one of the most resilient women I have been connected with because like you said, the last five years with low milk prices and just being in limbo, that's a long time to be in that situation and I commend you for it and I really truly hope that you know how strong and resilient you are really are. Thanks.
1: I mean, I've always heard people say your business isn't growing, it's dying. But I guess the way I'm looking at it is we're maintaining. We're trying anything we can do to bring the cost of production down so that we can make decisions a year from now or two years from now. So we are still improving. It's just not in visual things.
0: Right. And it's probably not as fast as an improvement as you would like, as I'm sure that's on many farms, right? Like it takes time, it takes money, it takes effort, it takes all of the things. And it feels like, you know, you put your heart and soul into everything that you do and you don't get instant gratification from it. Sometimes it's a little discouraging.
1: Absolutely. That's a
0: struggle of mine. (laughs) Right. I don't know if that's like the millennial in me that sees it that way, but like the instant gratification, like I really would like to see it happen right now.
1: Yeah, you work so hard. You want to see and you want other people to see what you're doing. Not, you know, for bragging purposes, but to know that, okay, I'm not just sitting down. I'm doing something. Yes,
0: absolutely. If you are familiar with those families who are overly affectionate, overshare, and are completely entertained by their own shenanigans, then say hello to Nicole, Morgan, and Megan from the Laura Lynette Shop. The Laura Lynette Shop is an agriculture-inspired shirt shop that began in February of 2018 by three sisters from Michigan. The business is a combination of their middle names and a commitment to put family first no matter what life throws at them. Every item from Laura Lynette Shop is made by hand from the girls and their mom. Each design is unique to their style and every decal is pressed individually at time of order. The ladies want you to know that their hearts go out to everyone in agriculture during this time of uncertainty. They want you to know that your story is important, your hard work is noticed, and you are so very important to our world. Head to today's show notes for the link to lauralinetteshop.com. The ladies have also provided the listeners of the Royal Woman Podcast a special gift of savings. Listeners will receive 15% off their purchase by using promo code WILDROSE15. And don't forget to check out and stay connected with Laura Lynette Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Happy shopping, friends! So... Nicole, over the last 12 years on the farm, what do you think have been some of the hardest lessons that you have learned?
1: Well, kind of what we were just saying, it's that there's no security in dairy farming. And I'm a person that loves organization and schedules and dependability. So I've struggled a lot knowing that this lifestyle conflicts with all of those things. And yet my heart still wants so strongly to be on the farm. I've kind of had to learn to let go of the need to control what I simply can't control. Another lesson that was the idea that because I work actively on the farm, I need to know all about the farm. And that's definitely not true. There are so many things that I don't know how to do, I don't want to do, and I really don't even care to understand. So I needed to stop comparing myself to other dairy wives or farm girls and just focus on being good at the things that I wanted to take on.
0: Like, I think we need to play that on repeat over and over and over again for all of the people (laughs) in the back because... Honestly, like, that is something that I also struggled with, being new in agriculture and not knowing what the hell I was supposed to be doing. And when I compared myself to what other people were doing on their farm, I'm like, I don't do anything compared to these people. But then I think about it in Flip, like, there's people who would look at me and think, like, I can't do what she does. So the comparison game and social media is like a deep, dark hole that everybody needs to get out of.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And you don't show your whole life on social media, even the people who are really active, you know, so there was somebody who contacted me and she said that she felt bad she didn't give shots to the animals like I do. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't give any shots. That's my husband's job. So it can be really misleading.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think just the understanding of farm life is teamwork. And like you said, you're not going to know how to do everything, nor do you want to know how to do everything. So it's all just give and take for everything that we do. Yeah. So Nicole, if there was one piece of advice or some words of encouragement that you would like to give your fellow dairy producers right now, what would it be?
1: I think that this lifestyle cannot define who we are. Sometimes it takes an overwhelming breakdown to have an undeniable breakthrough. And I guess what I mean by that is the feeling that I'm a dairy farmer and if I can't hold on to this business, then who am I? I'm a dairy farmer. I'm innovative, strong, and capable. You know, I come from an industry of people that can adapt to new challenges and be progressive and change. And while these last few years have been unbearable at times... I think it's important to take this overwhelming moment like we are experiencing right now and look for happiness wherever we can find it. So maybe I won't be a dairy farmer in the next chapter. It doesn't mean that I have to stay a dairy farmer and deal with unhappiness if I can find happiness in the next part of my story. So I guess that's my advice is just to know that dairy farming teaches us things, but it doesn't define us.
0: Nicole, I'm misty over here. (laughs) but it's absolutely true. (laughs) And I think so many people hold so much value over the legacy and the title and all of the things. But if it's truly not working, and it's truly not making you happy, how are you able to grow and pivot to make this in to what you need it
1: to be? Exactly. That's worded perfectly. And I think I come from You know, being a first-generation farmer, I don't have that pressure from generations before me. Any decision I make is just between my husband and I. So to try and think of some of the weight that's on their hearts when they are a generational farm, it can be really stressful, I would assume.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to learn how to make cheese? How about learning how to make cheese at home with the Modern Milkmaid? Naomi D. Ryder is from Birdsong Farm in Armstrong, B.C., where she dairy farms with her husband Ben and his family. When she was 14, Naomi got her first Jersey cow, named Blossom, and began making cheese, yogurt, butter, and ice cream for her family. No recipe was off-limits to try, and luckily, she has five brothers and three sisters who ate all of her worst mistakes. Naomi spent two years working in a cheese plant with an award-winning cheesemaker and has been teaching classes for eight years. She is releasing her first virtual cheesemaking class this month. As her student, you will receive lifetime access to a detailed pre-recorded video that will guide you step-by-step in making mozzarella cheese at home. Kits are also available and include detailed instructions and all ingredients that you need, except for the milk and salt, to make up the eight batches of fresh mozzarella cheese. Yummy! If you'd like to learn how to make cheese with Naomi, the modern milkmaid, head to today's show notes for the link to Naomi's naomisbirdsongfarm.ca. Listeners of the Role Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. Happy cheesemaking! So with the state of the world right now, you came out with this idea for a Facebook group called Agriculture Education Connection. So tell us what the idea was behind that and what you're doing with this group on Facebook.
1: So way back in the 80s, (laughs) I went on a kindergarten field trip to a local dairy farm, and I still remember that. It dawned on me that with this pandemic, many schools won't have a chance to get kids on the farm. And so I started to wonder how I might be able to connect the educators in my community with farmers. I started to write a note to my kids' teachers, letting them know if they wanted to connect with people in agriculture during their distance learning plans. I could pair them up with dairy farmers, pork farmers, onion farmers, and even a super cool cricket farmer. The more I thought about all the amazing people who I've met through social media, the more I wanted to connect any teachers who might be interested so the Facebook group Agriculture Education Connection started, and I added teachers and advocates for agriculture. And it's really cool because it's actually led to some virtual tours, and YouTube videos are pretty popular on it, which then the farmer will connect with the teacher for a and a session. So it's been exciting, and I hope it grows and continues to be useful in the fall, whatever school might look like for our students then.
0: That is very cool. And I also went on a kindergarten farm trip, which I remember. I don't necessarily remember what kind of farm it was. It could have even just been a petting zoo. But I do remember a little boy in my class who found out that he was deathly allergic to farm animals once we went to the farm tour. So this might have been a better option for him (laughs) to do it online.
1: (laughs) I mean... I think the online option would give you the ability to pick and choose just not what's in your community. My daughter's fourth grade teacher met up with the cricket farmer who's from Iowa, and I sat there and watched the videos with my daughter, and the look on her face at different parts of the videos was great, and it's not something that she would get to do in person.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's so cool. And I think the innovation that's come out because of this pandemic of different ways that we in agriculture can share our stories, whether that's a virtual farm tour or just, I guess, having more time to write a blog or start a group to inform and educate consumers. Like I think, although this has been a very hard time, I think there's been some pretty good things that have come out of it as well.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree too. It's it's made us all think more outside the box. Absolutely. So I will link
0: in the show notes to your group on Facebook so people can find it and connect with it. And maybe there will be other farmers that come forward and say, I would like to participate. And that's what I'm hoping anyways. And I just think this is so cool. So thank you for doing this.
1: Thank you. That would be wonderful. I would definitely like to see it grow. And the more farmers that are involved, we all have ideas on how to connect better. So it would generate good conversation for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Nicole, on top of being a dairy farmer and a mom and all of the things, you are also one-third of the Laura Lynette shop. So, tell us about that shop and how it got started.
1: Absolutely. So, this are my best friends. (laughs) The kind of the family knows way too much about everyone and has a lot of inside jokes that makes the men in our lives completely uncomfortable hanging out with us. It's a good time. But as our lives had gotten busier, we struggled to find time to get together. And then my middle sister, Megan, who's a stay-at-home mom of three, purchased some craft supplies. And I begged her to make me a few, like, sassy farm shirts. Those shirts, once I wore them, got a few laughs. And surprisingly, even a couple of people asked to purchase them. So I went out on a limb and I spent $500 on an inventory of shirts, totally behind Brad's back and with no consent from my sisters. So we got together and I told them... Listen, this box here is full of shirts, and we have one month to sell them and pay off my credit card so Brad doesn't find out. And we actually did it. So we had a few months later a business name and a logo, which is Laura Lynette Shop, and it's the combination of all of our middle names. My sister Megan Laura, my middle name is Lynn, and our youngest sister is Morgan Lynette, so Laura Lynette. Our goal is to make customers feel like family, and we like sassy shirts that help tell the story of agriculture. We are also a custom base shop. So while we have an inventory of blank shirts, we don't make them until an order is placed. Every shirt can be sold and it can be tweaked to fit each customer.
0: Very cool. And your shirts are so cute and so adorable. And there are so many good sayings on them. And I just love them so much.
1: <laughs> it's been fun to use that creativity and Each one of us has our own personalities. So generally, if you find a shirt that has some cursing in it, it's my design or (laughs) a shirt that's more targeted toward moms might be Megan style. Um, Morgan's kind of the glue that holds us both
0: together. That's awesome. And a notable shirt that I will mention that you guys made were the Dairy Mafia shirts that came out. I believe they were last year around this time.
1: Yes. So over the last few years, we have teamed up with some other um, agriculture advocates and Dairy Mafia was the first kind of collaboration we did. And that raised over $3,500 to give a gallon, which was really exciting to do and be a part of.
0: That is so great. And I love that you guys are able to support the industry that you all work so hard for and provide resources for give a gallon
1: and that type of thing. So that's very cool. I was really excited. The Tongue Out Tuesday ladies came to us with another idea, and that was back in March of this year. And we helped them donate $600 to AgriSafe towards their mental health training for farmers. So I really enjoy being able to take these collaborations and donate. That's what kind of our family is based on is you give in order to you know feel the benefits of receiving absolutely that's great
0: you guys are so awesome
1: (laughs) we put up a good show i mean we are still sassy
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh it has been so great chatting with you this morning and i am so happy to share your story on the podcast my last and final question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a farmer?
1: I'm totally going to put my husband on the spotlight and just say it's being able to work with him. We actually have a really solid relationship, and I think that's because we spend so much time together in really stressful situations. I enjoy the flexibility of my schedule to hang out with my kids when I need to or want to. And while every day isn't ideal, I know that these moments are things that a lot of people would love to have. So I'm definitely trying to embrace and enjoy them. That's great. And that, I think
0: you would call that hashtag couple goals. (laughs) Beating 50%. (laughs) Absolutely. That could be a t-shirt idea for you. So I won't take any credit for it though. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, for the listeners who would like to connect with you, where
1: can they find you online? On Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I can be found at Michigan Farm Girl, all one word. And I have a personal blog at mifarmgirl.com.
0: Perfect. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Thank you. Thank you again so much for coming on and celebrating June Dairy Month with me here on the rural Woman podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. And I encourage everyone to have ice cream for breakfast during June. The child inside of you would appreciate that
0: that is great advice. Go do it. (laughs) (laughs) We live on big spreads and tiny homesteads, farms, ranches, and everywhere in between neighbors separated by barbed wire fences and gravel roads divided by section lines and field boundaries. We are wives and mothers, husbands and fathers, producers and consumers held together by the threads of history and love. Here in these vast, wide open places, we answer the call of caregivers to the land, the animals, and our families with open hearts and willing hands. The miles of gravel and pavement between our homes can make the isolation of rural life feel insurmountable. Sometimes we struggle to reach out and ask for help, even though we never pause when one of our own needs our support. We come together in times of crisis and in times of joy. We celebrate together when the markets are up and hold each other together when the world falls apart. We support each other's families from the sidelines and in the trenches. We show up for each other, operating equipment, working cattle, cooking meals, and offering a shoulder to cry on when there's nothing else we can do. We may get knocked down, but together we get back up and carry on. We are fighters who never back down from a challenge or allow obstacles to stop us in our tracks. When the going gets tough, we rally. We rise from the ashes of heartbreak because this life is in our blood and it is part of our soul. Though we are proud of our independence and our strength, we know that together we can overcome challenges we can't handle alone. Introducing Rally, a charitable campaign aiming to bring agriculture together. The agricultural industry is like no other. Farmers and ranchers are truly the eternal optimists. We work against the clock and the elements on a daily basis. We stand alone in our fields and come together in need. The Rally Campaign was built for this purpose, to stand together and to support one another. We are the faces of agriculture, no matter the size of our operations. We stand united, whether we're conventional or organic, grass or grain finished, big egg or small farm, we're all in this together. The Rally Campaign is a fundraising effort to provide funds for selected agricultural organizations. From now until the end of March, 2020, Funds raised through the rally campaign will be donated to the Do More Agricultural Foundation, who is a not-for-profit organization focused on mental health in agriculture across Canada, and the Agri-Ability Project, whose mission is to enhance the quality of life for farmers, ranchers and other agricultural workers with disabilities so they, their families and their communities can continue to succeed in rural America. Purchase your rally campaign T-shirt over at Shop Wildrose Farmer, with four dollars of the proceeds being equally split between these two worthy organizations. For more information about the rally campaign, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com/rally. for listening to the rural woman podcast for show notes head on over to wildrosefarmer.com you can stay connected with me on instagram at wildrosefarmer if you love the show make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts plus share it with a friend we'll see you next time